Keep it going, keep it going. Uh, welcome to the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll, and this beautiful voice... Shahir Doubt. And <laughs> this week, we will be talking about the film Terminator Genesis. Or how does it pronounce? Terminator Gen- Genesis. 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 Uh, Gen- I, I don't know. Every, Gen- every Terminator time I hear Gen- it, Terminator Genesis, we're not <laughs> dummies. But every time I hear it, I can't help but think, Sega! Oh, Sega. Sega. Well, that was when you turned on a Sega game, but in the commercials, in the American commercials, yeah. sorry, Shakir, <laughs> it was extreme and it always ended with Sega. Fun fact in New Zealand, the Genesis was called the Mega Drive. But there was a Mega Drive here. Oh, really? Yeah, no, the Mega Drive is a different system than the Genesis. Okay. Yeah, maybe oh. you didn't get the Genesis. Do you think the next Terminator movie should be called Terminator Mega Drive? Terminator Mega Drive, they're going back in time. <laughs> what? Terminator Atari. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're the only podcast about Terminator Genesis, and I'm really excited about that. I I, you know, I have a lot to say about Cause, Terminator. Because no one is talking about it, and I feel like it's our duty. We've been away for two weeks. Sorry, <laughs> we've been very busy. Uh, in, and actually, if you think about it this way, uh, we actually did two podcasts one week so yeah. we're not actually behind and and also you had a pretty good excuse and something that ties in with this film in a very minor way in a minor way i was directing a music video over the last week which involved robots not the killer kind right that, not the time traveling kind either and not mm-hmm. the funny one-liner kind either they were just robots that performed and you'll see that maybe in a few months. Time. Sure, yeah. sure. So you were dealing with robots, and yeah. and so that you were doing you're doing your own form of research before seeing this film, experiencing it, and then coming on to talk about it. That's what I'm going to say to make <laughs> ourselves feel better. <laughs> uh, also, guys, we still have before we get into it. Uh, we have two uh, new we have, sets. We have two new sets of movie tickets. Uh, that you can get free for yourself to go see whatever film you'd like. Maybe this one, maybe another one. You can, if you just email us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, and we like your response, we give them to you. It's real easy. Well, there's a little caveat to that, which is your, your game plan here, which I kind of like, which yeah. is that if you go see any movie, give us like a 20, 30 second review, record it on your iPhone yeah. and send it in to us. Yeah, and we will put it on the show and you'll be famous. Famous like us. Uh, like, yeah. What's your name again? Yeah, my name is Matthew Kroll. Kroll. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I was, just, I was like, I was the echo chamber for your fame. Oh, oh, what's yeah. your name again? I get it. Yeah. Real nice to hear. Yeah. That's what uh, I do. Anyway, it's it's impossible to talk about Terminator Genesis without talking about the franchise uh, as a whole, and obviously its ilk and, and previous sort of in, in you know versions. Uh, there are now five Terminator. There are five Terminator films. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked a lot about Terminator too. Yes. Uh, it's, it's obviously, I mean, you, it's, you can't argue it's the best summer blockbuster and best, in my opinion, best action movie ever made. Uh, it has sort of all of the things that I look for in in a movie in general, but it just happens to be a badass action movie as well. Yeah. It's a, it's an incredible film. If you think about it uh, from a technological point of view, what he was managed to do with the, what James Cameron managed to do mm-hmm. with the T-1000 in that film still is amazing today. Yeah. And I would argue still better than anything in the three preceding films have managed to accomplish, um, and and then and then look at it from a storytelling point of view is that he took uh, a sort of exploit you know a quick exploitational film that he made you know many years earlier and exploded everything about it. He didn't do a sequel just for the sake of doing a sequel. Right. Well, you could argue maybe that was the intention, but he really took that story and exploded it out yeah. and made it bigger and made it like to me that's a sequel that has a reason to exist. 
Sure. Yeah, no, he took, and even if it came from a place, I don't know who, if he, you know, that was something, a passion project that he wanted to continue, or if it was a studio being like, we need it, you know, we need a big action movie. Let's do Terminator 2. Like, I don't know, like, where it sort of came from, but either way, he took what could have just been a cash grab and he he's a real filmmaker and turned it into a real film and some might argue too that terminator 2 is kind of the the baby that helped push along the sequel itis that we're all sort of feeling probably because it took an average sort of horror sci-fi movie that's very good in its own right but it wasn't like it didn't blow open the box office when it was released yeah. and turned it into this crazy special thing so that i think i think studios started seeing that and like wow if we just sort of do sequels and maybe expand on characters people like this could be a whole thing and then and yeah. and like like time travelers, look at the ramifications of that. This oh, summer no, is, the butterfly effect. <laughs> this summer is Jurassic World, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, Terminator Genesis. What other sequels are coming? I mean, it's, it's all sequels now, right? Yeah. Like I mean, even Aven Perfect Avengers Two, too, yeah. Avengers. You know, it's all about sequels now. There's you know very few, you know, like original properties. Mm -hmm. and, and this was actually a little quick, you know, so we were talking about we we're away for a week. I sure. did actually see a second movie, and I'm going to give a quick thirty second review of oh, it. Oh, go for it. Inside Out. Go see it. It's awesome. It's a return to form for Pixar, whose films had been waning of late. Um, it is smart, entertaining, thrilling, um, and it it does something amazing, which is it, it takes a really unique idea and manages to turn it into a whole story. There are problems with it that I would love to discuss on a later podcast, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, Inside Out. Go see it. Oh, I'm sorry, Shahir. Mm -hmm. Does it have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? I think there's an Arnold Then joke. I don't give a shit. No, I'm sure I'm sure it's wonderful and I do want to go see it. You should see it. It'll warm the cockles of your heart. Um, but that's a movie for kids and let's No. You know, well, it's a, it's a kids no, it's a it's a kids movie. It's made for a kids movie, but it can also be enjoyed by adults. I would argue like and and you I haven't you, seen it, so you I'm haven't arguing seen it. against yeah, it. Yeah. I would argue it's a movie made for adults that happens to be enjoyed for kids. It really is for adults. Sure. <laughs> um but let's talk about real quick. So Terminator 2, we talked about how it was special to us. And and it's something that it, it holds up today. I think that's an important sort of sort of Oh, without a doubt. Caveat. And and it whether I I really feel like you could show it to a, you know, not a kid kid because that's too young, but like also like I think I saw it when I was 11. Yeah. Uh, I I I think I well I was probably I'm a little bit older than you, so yeah. uh, I probably saw it when I was 12 or 13. Terminator 2 was the first film I ever cried at. Like I didn't know movies could make you cry. Wow. No, uh, definitely not the first film I cried at. I don't think I cried in it actually. I did. When when <laughs> Arnold gets lowered in into the whole thing, like it I don't know. And also it might I don't it might have to do with like my dad has has especially in his younger days had a very sort of uh Arnold-esque presence to yeah. him. So it was very like, "Oh, this is a dad oh, father yeah. son movie," which it totally is, but it rung true for me. Um, so yeah, I, I think as adults, obviously even today, it still, it still holds up. Well, I, I mean, you know, now that you're mentioning, uh, kids uh, at it, there was an interesting thing when I went to Terminator Genesis, yeah. which was that, uh, I went to a late screening. It was like a 10 o'clock screening. So it got out about you bad boy. <laughs> it got out about 12, 30, one o'clock. And there were two eight year old girls with their parents at the, <laughs> with their mother at the movie. Now there's a lot of question marks I have about taking an eight year old girl to, a Terminator movie. I'm taking any eight-year-old to a Terminator movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I actually had a really interesting Facebook discussion today with uh, a friend of mine who, who has a four-year-old son who he takes to Jurassic World, for example. Okay. Um, so I, I, there are lots of question marks about whether you should take a kid to this kind of movie. Mm -hmm. But I know you and I both saw Terminator 2 probably at an age that we were too young to see that film, right? Here's <laughs> the thing. Yes, but yeah. also I don't think... It, 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 kids are all different. You can't mm. say like a seven-year-old can't see it, but an eight-year-old can. Yeah. I, I have no problem if you're a parent and mm. you want to show a kid a movie and then talk with them about the movie and, you know, yeah. sort of have a dialogue, don't have it be like whatever. It, it, don't take a, a kid to a, a harder movie sort of mm. like this 
if you can't find a sitter. That's mm. bullshit. Yeah. If you believe that you want to like show them something you like and and sort of experience it and explain it to them, that's one thing. Yeah. But and also and also this is bigger for me because I don't have children. Yeah. You need to make know. sure yeah. that your your kid your your child can can handle being in the theater for that kind of movie or in general. Because if they can't, then you don't bring them to the fucking theater because you are ruining mm. the entire thing for a ton of other people in the thing. Sure. Yeah, that that is an issue. Um But these girls were quiet. They were they were they, well behaved. I didn't notice them until after the movie. I see. Um and and uh, you know to just to that point, the, the conversation I was having with the friend of mine on Facebook was interesting because that person was saying that their four year old had seen The Dark Knight, for example, sure. and was totally fine with Heath Ledger, the scary Joker, was totally fine with Jurassic World, with dinosaurs eating people, but saw Inside Out this week and didn't like that because it was too sad and didn't want to talk about that because it was too sad. And I thought that was a really interesting, inter that was a really interesting thing because that film, Inside Out, is an emotional gut punch. Yeah. And, and for a kid to like respond to that without you know like really disliking that experience but but being able to like uh, absorb violence in that way is kind of it's problematic but again not every kid is the same every kid is a different you know is a different kid i also it, think there are points there there's bits of that that are deeply troubling and mm -hmm. also kind of calming in a mm -hmm. sense that you know, it, again, it, it all breaks down to the parenting. If you're, yeah. if you're talking to your kid about it, then and they don't have a problem with a scary character or violence or whatever. Like, that's yeah. great. Like, they, they, they shouldn't, you know, you could talk to them about it. I, I don't want them to be desensitized to it, but you should deal, you should you should have discussions. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm really kind of sad that if something is sad and, 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 and not easy to talk about, that that too isn't also being like, you know, uh, what, you know, sort of brought to the forefront and still talked about with your kid. Like, violence shouldn't be easy to talk about, but you should still talk about it. Sadness isn't really easy to talk about, but you, should, you should talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit in judgment of this person. No, no. Uh, you know, they're a friend. And, and, and it's also Facebook. So yeah. It's Facebook. And, 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 you know, like, like I say, every kid is different. Every, every kid has a different response to a film. But I guess my, my main takeaway that I thought about as I walked out of the film and I saw these two eight year old girls was that it's, Yes, it's potentially a disservice to take an eight-year-old to to a film like this, which is full sure. of violence, um, you know, in, in, a, in a profound way. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's one thing, and I, you know, we can kind of go backwards and forwards mm -hmm. on that. And I, I'm fifty-fifty yeah. on it as well. My my biggest thing is I think we're doing a disservice to these kids by giving them films like Terminator Genesis, which is a not a good film. Whereas when you and I went to films, you know, like we had Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. Now these kids have Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis. Now that's not to say every film needs to be good. You and I both talked about Masters of the Universe, which is a bad film, but we both enjoyed it as kids. So I just kind of- I don't of, think it's a bad film. <laughs> Masters of the Universe? I don't think Masters of the Universe is a bad film because it's enjoyable. That's where our things, dis that's, that's where our opinions You and I, differ. yeah, if there's an overrunning theme to this podcast, it's, it's your and I approach of to- Of course, to, of course. To those, to those kinds of films. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, if, if these kids are growing up on Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis, then I think that's a, that's a sadder indictment than an eight-year-old going to a violent movie. I don't think it is. And, <laughs> and here's sort of why. When I was, and this is hard to say or quantify, and maybe you're absolutely right. My sort of initial gut reaction to that statement is, one, 
it kind of sounded like an old man. I am starting to sound like an old uh, man. But it, yeah, it used to be, used to be better back used in to my be better. day. <laughs> I remember when there were silent films. Um, no, but I, I think I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. I think when I was younger, maybe because, like, say, Terminator 2 was so good. And it still holds up. And it up. still holds up. Um, I think that maybe, you know, I cried at it and I had an emotional reaction to it and I'll always remember that and that's like a thing for me in my film. And yes, is, is a Terminator Genesis going to do any of that for a kid these days? No. Yeah. But I'm going to go sort of on the other side of it and say when I saw Jurassic Park as a kid, mm-hmm. I wasn't gleaning the deeper meanings that maybe I was gleaning in Terminator 2 because it's it was a little more fantastical and it's a little it's a little harder to follow. I mean, if you're looking at the theoretical, the yeah. the higher brain level of what Jurassic Park is yeah. than what the higher brain level of uh, of of yeah, Terminator Jurassic. 2 is. Yeah, I, so, I, I guess I'm just so wait, hold on. Let me just finish my <laughs> thought. So the, so basically, what I'm saying is, even, Jurassic Park says a lot. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I didn't give a fuck. I yeah. wanted dinosaurs, and I saw awesome dinosaurs, and kids being chased by them, and I could experience it and whatever. I feel like kids are still getting the same experience out of these, for the most part, yeah. out of these new ones. However, they will not have the joy mm. that uh, of growing up and watching them and being like, this film is saying so fucking much. Like, this is amazing. I enjoyed it so much when I was younger, and now I'm enjoying it on a whole new level. These films won't do that, yeah. but I think they can still have the joy initially. Yeah, I and I agree with that. I think there is a there. every kid is different, and there is joy to, you know, and I guess my point with the Masters of the Universe thing was that there is joy to be had in watching films as a kid, mm-hmm. right? Um, what What I do think is sad, just like just taking those two franchises as examples, is that... Jurassic Park and Terminator 2 are films of a lifetime. You know, by film by by very talented one in a million kind of filmmakers. Uh I feel like Jurassic World and Terminator Genesis are 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 sausage factory films. They're, right. they're but pro- also look at it this way. We also have films that kids are going to look at as their childhood films that are not these franchises that Hopefully. are going to do this. Frozen. Frozen? Frozen is going to be that, a benchmark. Yeah. It is it's it's brilliant. Yeah. And the way it takes the whole Disney process and flips it on its head and makes it work and makes it feel original and fun and good and has some some positive things to say, it's a great film that kids who 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 watched it when they were young are gonna watch it and see all the all the things that it did, all the subversion that it did, and it'll still hang in that balance. Even to the point and a lesser point, but something similar, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is now Star Wars. For kids, it kind of is like the the there's the Clone Wars cartoons and a bunch of other shit. But now Guardians is like the quintessential space action opera thing. Sure. And look, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's until the new Star Wars comes out. Yeah. The, the prequels weren't doing it. Yeah. So it's I'm just saying like kids are gonna have these experiences elsewhere. Yeah, and it's I, and I hope not, they do as and well. And it's disappointing to us, I think, because they're not going to have it with the franchises that we love, and that does the whole circle of life thing where the kids are going to be liking different things and and, and hopefully, gripping and hopefully different enjoying things. different things. I guess the problem there is that studios are continuing to produce these films probably in the, in an effort to kind of recapture that feeling and they're just doing it wrong. I don't think they're trying to recapture that feeling. I think they're trying to cash in on that feeling. And yeah. I think that's that's the difference. Yeah. Um but, and, and it, yeah, but hold on. We, we've been talking for about 16 minutes now, a little bit less. Uh about all of these sort of bigger ideas, we we should since we're the only podcast <laughs> talking about Terminator Genesis. Let's tell you a little bit about Terminator let's, Genesis. Let's talk about Terminator Genesis. You want to give us a, a synopsis, if uh, you will? All right. So Terminator Genesis basically picks up where Terminator One started, but from the point of view of being in the future. So if you recall Terminator One, 
John Connor, a the, sub, the savior of the human race, savior of the human race, the guy who is going to lead the uprising against the machines, sends a uh, a human being by the name of Kyle Reese back into the past to save his to protect his mother in 1984 because what? the machines have sent a Terminator back into the past to kill his mother, and therefore right. in present day 1984, a battle between man and machine continues. In Terminator Genesis, we start at that point. We're at uh, we're we're in the future now. We never really saw the future in Terminator One. We never we saw it very glimpses, briefly and the flash forwards. Yeah, and that and in Terminator Genesis, we start r- full blown in that war where John Connor captures the facility where the time machine is Mm -hmm. being housed. Now, the whole process continues, and and this is a funny thing because it's like 20 minutes of this, and it's like, we've seen all this stuff happen. We know what's going to happen. We know. You haven't seen, yeah. So, Kyle Reese gets sent back into the past. He's now in 1984, and just as he is about to start his saving Sarah Connor business, Sarah Connor pops out, and she is not the Sarah Connor we remember from Terminator 1. And she saves him. And she saves him. And now, and she gets to out of the line. Come with me if you want to live. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, basically, what it, what we realize is the entire timeline from Terminator One has been flipped, and an alternate universe and an alternate timeline has begun, where ter- where Sarah Connor is now protected by a Terminator that she has known since she was a little girl, whom she calls Pops, who looks oddly like an older version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and now they have to try and figure out how to stop Judgment Day in this new alternate timeline. Yes. Now, there's a reason in the film, and I guess now's to the point, um, you're kind of gleaning sort of our opinions about it, that we'll, we'll be starting to do some spoilers here. So I think it's kind of important that you know as we go further, the spoilers get deeper. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, there's a moment... Uh, in the first uh, bit of the film where when when Kyle Reese is going back in time, there's a defining moment of the film where uh, a very little scene uh, Doctor Who yeah. is, comes up behind Matt John Smith? Connor yeah, uh, as Kyle Reese is being thrown into the timeline and does something to John Connor that you're not quite sure what he does. It's almost like an attack. Kyle Reese witnesses this, and because he witnesses this, his consciousness is split between the current timeline and this new timeline, so he's starting to have memories from both timelines. And that's why he has a little bit of prolific information in this new timeline <laughs> Very convenient. to move this forward. No, no, that I'm not mad at that. If you want to get into the way time travel is handled in the Terminator films, that could fit in there fine. It can. It can. Sure. I have a couple other problems with, <laughs> with how they do things in the film, but that one is not one of them. I think that's a very clever way to take what you're expecting and throw it on its head. And actually... It's like what Star Trek did. Yeah, the yeah, J.J. No, yeah, ex- Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. It's, ex- it's exactly what Star Trek did, only this time, it what what where they did it with a lot of sort of nuance, I feel, in to Star- get to the point in Star Trek, yeah. this one just blatantly tell like, boom, this it's, is what it is. Yeah, it starts where Star Trek ended. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. If you want to get to, yeah. are you following us, audience? Um, there's a lot to. There's a lot of difficulty comprehending what's happening in this film. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well. No. See, here's the here's the thing, and we could we could get into the after I say this. Let's get into our our overall thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not. It's not a complicated film to follow because the way the script is written just throws exposition at you and hopes some of it sticks to a wall. Like, it, mm. there's just there's just scenes of people spouting scientific bullshit time mm. travel <laughs> nonsense crap. Theoretically. The, yeah, which that's a fun runner joke. I don't yeah. even give a shit. But, like, the it's it's... 
it's going to beat you over the head. It's not going to let you even remotely think for yourself at all. And it's going to be like, nope, this is how it works. Oh, why does it work? It works like this because science, motherfucker. And it's, you know, whatever. I don't particularly like that approach. Um, I think I like it when it's more nuanced, et cetera. Um, but Shahir, let's just, let's just, before we get into the writing and the, and the, whole, the whole thing, uh, what did you think uh, if I had to, I mean, I already know, <laughs> you but know. tell the people what you thought of Terminator Genesis. Uh, I think I think what you thought is probably going to be more interesting to me uh, than what than what I think to you. Uh, what <laughs> this movie made me very sad. Oh, it made me very very sad. No. I, I just I just I I I what James Cameron did with Terminator Two was mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. and no one has been able to replicate it. Nope. And the fact I, I I struggle. I feel like what they've done with Terminator now is they've had three attempts. At basically trying to move this franchise on, they had Terminator Three, which was basically like, let's try and continue what happened in Terminator Two and and build a bigger story. Nope, didn't nope. work. All right, it didn't work. Let's try Terminator Salvation. Well, and you know the idea with Terminator Salvation was they were going to do another trilogy. Mm-hmm. Let's do the story of John Connor in the future and not do any time travel and do this post-apocalyptic. You know, like what is happening with the machines? How does this? How does the war evolve? Didn't work out. Nope, nope because not, sadly none of that is interesting. I, I actually don't mind Terminator uh, Salvation. It's not interesting, though. Like, it, if you look at this bland sort of world that they paint, it's mm-hmm. cool and it's, like, edgy because it's put mm-hmm. against... it's you, mm-hmm. In Terminator 2, even Terminator 3, Terminator 1, this movie, Terminator Genesis, it puts this mm-hmm. fucking shithole of an existence up against current day we're yeah. still aliveness. And that, that stark mm-hmm. contrast, makes it interesting. I thought two hours of living in that <laughs> world, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the film, though. I think there are problems with it, obviously. And I think this, this idea of like trying to build a trilogy Ugh. is really problematic and that's Ugh. and that was to me was the biggest problem with Terminator Salvation mm-hmm. but so so that didn't work out and here we go again let's try and crack it again mm-hmm. and as from as far as box office numbers goes this is a pretty abysmal failure right what did it get do you know so it's, it's in the vicinity of 40 million dollars for a 155 million dollar oh. film so this is the third stab at trying to you know bring this franchise back and I'm and I'm like Guys, why are we doing this? You know mm-hmm. what? What more in the Terminator universe? I mean, I no, there are more stories that could be told, but you're doing it so badly by now that it's like let's let it go. And I think the reason why people want to do this is because you have a finite timeline with the biggest icon icon of the Terminator franchise. Oh yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So it's like every time, except for Terminator Salvation, which is why I kind of dug Terminator Salvation. Man. It was kind of like let's move this story on without the icon and let's do something else. Which there, he, was still, he was still there. He was still in it as well. Yeah, that's the, that the irony of it. Um, but so there's just something sad, and it's like Terminator Genesis to me is like is like the old guy at a barbecue who's trying to tell you how amazing he was back in the day and just like making you annoyed by his presence. You know, like it's like, wow, it's like, oh, you know, remember that cool thing we did back in 1991? It was amazing, wasn't it? Here, let me retell that story for you. And it's like, it's just sad. It's like, I don't need to see this. I don't know why it exists. And I'm, you know, there's the, the production the quality of, you know, Megan Ellison, the the sort of mm-hmm. su- uber producer who's been like ch- championing independent cinema films like uh, American Hustle, mm-hmm. The Grand Master, her, you know, difficult films yep. that are yep. that that have struggled getting financing. She is she's the one behind you know pushing this film, and I'm not, and, and it just feels like a cash grab. Like, hey, there was this thing that made a lot of money. There's this property. Let's let's build it. Let's make a franchise out of it. And I'm like. Why? It doesn't feel like there's any reason for this film to exist. Um, 
Okay, so <laughs> you didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Um I it just made me sad. I, and I, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I liked it again with many caveats because yeah. as we'll get into sort of the specifics, there's no way I would trust any movie critic that said this was a great film. It's yeah. not a great film. Uh I I enjoyed seeing it. I enjoyed So let's let's sort of to describe how I feel about the film. Let's sort of go back to your um to your old guy at the at the barbecue yeah. scenario, your yeah. analogy. Um where you see that old dude, and I, you know, I've experienced sort of what you're saying, being like, "Oh man," or blah 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 blah, and trying to like what you're what you described and what you said were two different things. You described <laughs> an old man trying to recapture his glory days through a story at a barbecue. Yeah, I've seen old men or old people sort of try to act young at a barbecue. That's not the same thing as for counting a story. And when I see someone old trying to act young, hell, when I see someone young trying to act old, that's sad. That's like, mm. oh, you really, oh, that's embarrassing to yourself. Yeah. This isn't that to me. Mm. You're absolutely right. The reason this exists, one of the main reasons, is because we only have so much time where Arnold Schwarzenegger can play the Terminator. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And I see... Especially, and I'll go on point on this, I really liked Ter Arnold's Terminator in this movie. Now, I, you know, again, it's not going to pull the heartstrings of the way Terminator 2 did for me, or still does, but it's one of those things that because the character of Terminator, or his Terminator in Terminator 2, was such an iconic sort of thing for me, and it could be the nostalgia bug too is, is really helping me along, but it doesn't change the fact that I will still go see and enjoy, for the most part, a film with this character or a character that's similar, we're not quite sure, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Like, they did enough explanation in the film for me to be like, oh, that's why he looks old. It made, yeah. made enough sense. The, the flesh in the Terminators is still, it's human flesh and it's not going to, it's still going to age. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and I really like seeing him be the Terminator. And as long as the film is, to me, yeah. good. I would love it if it was another prolific thing. It would be amazing. But as long as the film is serviceable, and I do. I know you don't like hearing that sort of thing, but as long as the Terminator film is serviceable and it has Arnold Schwarzenegger being fucking awesome in it, yeah. then I don't care, and I like it. I don't love it. I like it. Yeah. And I think there's room for it, though. I do agree. Back when what you said, it is. It is. You know, I would love for the Terminator franchise to be something that kids look at and can grow with, like we did. Yeah. But I also realize that that's not going to be the case. It's not going to be the case, and and it just feels like this is. There's there's no unique voice like like I agree with you I like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger play the Terminator, but the thing that made that good was that you know Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't the greatest actor in the world he's a pretty no. he's pretty good at doing what he does no. you know and the he's thing, the best <laughs> the thing about James Cameron was he brought out the best in what that Absolutely. what yep. that character was. You know, he put that character in a great film. He brought out the best in Arnold Schwarzenegger because he did True Lies too, right? Which is a film I don't love. But <laughs> Yo, get it. <laughs> Fuck you. That movie is awesome. That know. movie is awesome. Again, but he plays to Arnold's strengths. He does in play the to and, and and I would argue a True Lies, which is a film I don't love, at mm -hmm. least that has passion behind it. At least that feels like he's going all in. You know, like it feels probably a little. To, the the thing to me is, it feels like it's a dated film, even when I watch that. But I still feel like James Cameron is doing th is pushing the boundary of what can be done. You know, and and I feel mm. like maybe True True Lies is not a great example of that, but 
Terminator 2 certainly is. And and I wish that if you have a limited amount of time left with Arnold Schwarzenegger to be able to play this iconic role, which I, you know, is whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. a, as an acting role, do a good film with him. Like really, you know. You mean like, do a great film with do him. Do a great film. Like there really, like, look, the... Honestly, this might be the last time we see Arnold Schwarzenegger play the Terminator. I truly, and, and, I truly believe it is the last time we'll see Arnold play the Terminator. And isn't that a sad? Isn't that sad? No, it is. It to me, it's not sad. Really. Well, okay, no, it's not sad because we still have Terminator Two to hold on to. Yeah. Um, and and the Terminator, but I think we've had three films now where just people have just got it wrong and aren't doing it well. And I'm like, why are we do? Why are we still doing this? I think people are still. I think. If if the only reason is just to be serviceable, then I think that is a good enough reason to hang up the spurs. Sure. And you know what? I, I can't I can't argue with that on any particular point. What I will say is I do think that when Terminator Genesis was coming up through the ranks and wherever the script came from, wherever the idea happened, yeah. whatever, someone had an amazing, amazing idea of what to do with the timeline, which overall, and I, well, we can get yeah. into this now, I think the overall story arc yeah. of Terminator Genesis is great. I I, the, I, do, the, I don't disagree with the that. The arc, and I even saw this, and we you didn't watch the trailers. Yeah, I. <laughs> that was the thing. I watch I watched the trailers, yeah. and I saw the arc, and I'm like, that's amazing. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off because it's such. It, you're really shooting like a high bar. Like you need to be a, a, a expert filmmaker to take, especially time travel, which is so fucking mind bent to begin yeah. with. Yeah, but like. I saw the arc of it and I was like, that's so interesting and I can see why this is happening, but I don't think it's going to work because I don't think the people behind it can do it. Well, I, yeah, actually, I have to admit, when they did the alternate timeline thing at the beginning, when I'd like, you know, because I'd avoided all the trailers. And, you know, just as an aside, boy, am I glad I avoided all the trailers because (laughs) I went back and watched the trailer after I'd seen the movie and. Boy, dude, they they reveal everything in that trailer. Well, that's a that's yeah. a, there's a long history of this franchise of revealing everything in the trailers. But literally everything. Yeah. Well, no, Terminator Two <laughs> gave away everything. Yeah, and I, I I just I was like, how could you possibly like James Cameron came and did an interview recently where he was talking about his experience of watching the film and he was like glowing, you know, he was he liked ov- it a lot. He was overwhelmingly positive about it. Mm-hmm. And but I I went and watched that again and he, and the way he described it was as though the revelation that there were two Arnie's in the past was completely, like, he didn't know that was coming. Yeah. And if you could watch this film with that in mind, and that wasn't my experience because the marketing was out there. Even though I didn't watch the trailers, I knew that was what was going right. to happen. Um, if you watch this film and that happened, you know, like, we, mm-hmm. we were in Arnold War- Although, as I'm saying that out loud, of course something had to happen because because otherwise they're just playing the first film yep. out from a different yeah. point of view. Um but it, but at any rate, if that had happened and you were watching, you might be like, "Oh wow, you know," and you might get sucked into a story. But everything after that moment, <laughs> well, can you imagine? Can you imagine seeing Terminator Two and not knowing that Arnold is the good guy? Because if you if you watch that movie in with that sort of in mind, the first third of that film is set up where you don't specifically crafted by James Cameron so that you do not know who is the good Terminator. Yeah. You don't know. You have no you don't fucking even, clue. You, you don't even realize that um, that the other t- the T-1000 is a machine until he gets shot. Yeah. It so looks like then, a human. So then, at that moment of get down, yeah. that's when it's twisted. Could you imagine going into that film and, and only knowing Terminator 1 and just being like, holy shit. Like, yeah. that mo- that whole advertising campaign of Terminator 2, like, I get why they did it, because Arnold was such a huge star. Yeah. And, and and it drummed up a lot. Like, I was a 
a 12-year-old kid who wasn't into Terminator, but I saw that trailer and I was like, I want to see this movie. Right, right. So yeah. I get from that point of view why they did it, but oh man, it would have been great. And this movie, there's a reveal in the trailer, so this isn't even spoiling anything, that John Connor actually comes back from the future in this alternate timeline and, and has been turned into a, a specific kind of a Terminator. It's sort of version of a Terminator. I actually didn't see that trailer. Like, I didn't know about him coming back and right. that, and the tr- you know the thing happening. Mm-hmm. So that was... Somewhat of a surprise. Yeah, how did that? So there's a scene. So there's sort of a similar scene with with not that same amount of build to yeah, it. Yeah. When John Connor comes back and they're in a parking garage and the Terminator, like it's 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 Kyle Reese, Sarah Connor, and uh, John Connor having a weird ass conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Arnold walks up and just blasts John Connor in the chest. Yeah. And he l- hits the ground. and He starts bleeding out, and people start freaking out. How did that moment hit you before the twist where the blood starts turning so, all so, digital and whatever, and he comes back to life? I did. I didn't know that was going to happen, but it didn't surprise me in any way. Like at that point, I had kind of gleaned that this wasn't a film of quality, and and I wasn't, you know, and, like. And here's the thing: think about think about the scene in Terminator Two when when Sarah Connor and John Connor had their first moment together. Yep, in the hospital. In the hospital. No, no. Even after that, when they when they escaped from the hospital and they're together, and she's checking him for bullet holes in the car. Yeah, in the car, and like. John thinks she's coming in for a hug, and 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 he she she holds him for a second, then she checks him for bullet holes and starts going into a crazy thing. And there's so much subtext to their relationship at that point, where you know there's so much resentment on his side for her going nuts and abandoning him. It's such a pow- you know there's mm-hmm. there's so many layers sure. to that scene. This scene where Sarah Connor is confronted with her unborn child as a grown man has none of that subtext. There's no there's nothing special about it. They're just like, "Oh, hey, it's you." But here's the here's the thing and now that we're sort of talking about it, this is the sort of difference and why the characters in this film in those moments are sort of no matter what we do set up to fail in our eyes. Think, mm. think about it this way. Yeah. We have all this knowledge mm. as an audience member in movies we've been watching forever where we've had that moment where Sarah Connor in T2, why there's so much gravitas is she actually gave birth to John, raised him for a while, went sort of, didn't go insane, but was called insane, then got him ripped away. Now he resents her. There's this whole, there's this whole thing. Let me finish this thought. Yeah. And then now this is just, she knows, Sarah Connor in this timeline knows her son will grow up to be the leader of the resistance. So she yeah. knows he's important. Yeah. But she hasn't had him yet. So, okay. Then she meets a dude that's like, oh my God, it's your son. And she has a little bit of an emotional response as you kind of would to meeting your, she, I mean, I saying a little bit, she, she looks confused and concerned <laughs> and says, John, like, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And then she reacts when he gets shot and then whatever. I'm not going to defend the writing of this film and how it's that moment is sort of portrayed. What I will say is there's so much gravitas from an audience perspective for that moment because we've lived with these characters in multiple iterations for over 25 years. Yeah. Okay? That moment for that character would not be so fucking just gut-punchingly huge where it would be played out as a moment like Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 checking for bullet holes, that sort of thing. It wouldn't It wouldn't work. But I think the thing is, is that in Terminator 2, James Cameron plays that scene. Like, he could do the scene the same way that, that they did in this film where they just kind of meet and go, oh, okay, like, we got to keep going. 
You know, but he doesn't. He pauses. He gives them a moment. No, I understand he, that, he, but there's no moment to give in this in the scenario, which is what I'm saying. Be, there could like why that, though? She doesn't know this dude. She doesn't know this dude, but she knows that this is her unborn child. What if? Wouldn't but she was if, she was confused in the beginning. Saw, in the she didn't if, even know. If you saw your unborn child, who you knew was going to come into existence, right. suddenly appear in front of you, wouldn't you be a little bit more surprised? A little bit more curious about this person like what do they look like do they have my nose i wouldn't you know, i like, wouldn't believe it <laughs> and she doesn't quite believe it she she but but the scene moves so quickly without it, any gravitas that it just feels like right oh here's my saying, son i'm just saying yes and i agree to that yeah. to a point i'm saying there's not a lot of gravitas to i mean yes no, if you're, you wanna, what you're what you're saying is that there, there's no gravitas because the characters don't know each other. What I'm saying is that if the film was written better and and put together better, that gravitas could be there, but it just seems unimportant to the filmmakers, which is not something that James Cameron. I sure, feel like I'm, sure, I feel like I'm sure. like making James Cameron out to be some kind of god. He's not made back, every back then he was <laughs> every film he made isn't great, and he's not like uh, you know an ultimate filmmaker. But I'm just saying what he did with Terminator Two was so good. Sure, compared to what this does. You know, with Terminator Genesis, this just feels like a sausage factory. Look, you you want you want to debate what scenes are better? Obviously, Terminator Two scenes are better. What I'm saying mm. is they didn't focus on that, and yeah, they could have, yeah. but that's again not the movie they're making. And 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 that moment doesn't. It in my opinion, you could you could play it with a masterful filmmaker. You could play it in that direction, but it doesn't need or deserve that in the film that they made. Okay, well, here's another thing. The, the ending of this film has has the Terminator say something along the lines of, protect my Sarah. And it's like an odd moment because the Terminator, he basically claims ownership of her sure. like a father. Sure. You know, um, and that moment is meant to have weight to it. It's mm-hmm. meant to, you know, give you the moment you, at the end of the, at that you mm-hmm. had at the end of Terminator yeah. 2 where you cry. But that moment just com- falls completely flat and you're just like, what? Wait, what? It's- because, because... We don't have that kind of relate. These two characters don't have that kind of relationship in the film for us to kind of carry the weight off. Well, no, no, I, I would, I would disagree with that only because those two characters, again, not you, you can't, you can't just be like Terminator Two is so great, so this movie's not as great. Well, no, yes, no, we know not, that. That's not what I'm saying at no, all. No, I know, but listen. I'm saying Terminator Two is great because it takes the time to do these things. Sure. And Terminator Genesis isn't because it doesn't even care about well, those things. Well, no, no. I think I think the the mm. Terminator Sarah relationship is one of the few things it tries to care about. It tries to, but it just doesn't. I ha- think it does. The writing doesn't isn't there. Like no, no, I, no, 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 no. Let's let's get into the writing. I think this is an important thing too. The writing, in my opinion, between the Terminator and Sarah, yeah. is fine. It shows me that they've known each other for a long time. They have a shorthand. They have a rapport. They care about each other. The writing in the film tells me this, and I understand it. Could it be more nuanced, and could it be a more beautiful relationship? Sure. Could it be more elegant? The whole fucking movie could be more elegant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But but now let's get into any time, and this is my true, and I feel like we're going to bounce back and <laughs> forth, not even back and forth, just we're going <laughs> to both hit the same ball into the wall over and over and over again. Yeah. Anytime a human <laughs> in this movie talks to another human... <laughs> It feels so much more jilted than when a machine is talking to a machine or a machine is talking to a human. I don't know why. Yeah. I, the dude they got to play Kyle Reese Oof. needs to just stop. I, I don't think it's his fault, though. Like Every film he's been in, he's mm, been that dude. And right. that dude is the most boring dude to me. 
ever. I've never seen him not be that dude. The, I'm a dude, but I'm confused. And, oh, wait, I'm important and I care about you. But I'm still, whoa, I'm going to have my moment. Like, it's, he's the quintessential action paint by numbers bullshit and guy. Just, and just, you know, like, we have to talk about these two films in relation to each other because they're the same characters. But look at Michael Biehn in Terminator 1, who played the same character. He was. He was like suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. He was wiry. Mm-hmm. He he had been through shit. Yeah, like this guy felt like he came off an Abercrombie and Finch fucking photo shoot. Exactly. Yeah. There was no like there was no, no sense of the war well, no, to this. That's guy. just I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Uh, what's that actor's name? Do you know? Jai that? Courtney. I I guarantee you that Jai Courtney was like the fifth choice in this <laughs> film. Like I guarantee you, people read the script, yeah. saw that it was bad, then were like, nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it. And they went to him mm-hmm. eventually. There's but, no way he was their first choice. But you see what I'm talking about here is that even the scenes where we're, we're redoing the first, you know, what we saw in the first film. Right. They carry so much weight in the first film, whereas they feel so perfunctory and like throwaway in the second film. And and it has to do with casting. It has to do with acting. It has to do with writing. It's just the gravity isn't there. The, the weight of those moments aren't there. Well, yeah. in, in in particularly, I do feel the the writing uh, for you know mm. him, him and Sarah. Mm. Sarah's lines are some of the worst lines uh, ever. But I again, I don't think that's Emily Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia. Game of Thrones. She's Khaleesi. 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 Yeah. God, that's gonna suck to have people not know your name, but only call you a character's <laughs> name that's actually obsolete in the show that you're watching. Um, Khaleesi is. Look, I love her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's beautiful and talented and fun and 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 I think uh, she has a great presence and I hope she goes on to do more films. This is not the breakaway film for her. I think she hoped it kind of would be to get her into this. Like yeah. I think she saw the opportunity to play Sarah Connor and was like, "Fuck yes, let me play Sarah Connor." And it feels to me. Tell me if you think this is sort of what it is. Yeah. She probably went in. Mm-hmm. with sort of her own take on Sarah Connor and how it should sort of be. And I feel like it just felt like she was being told to be, quote unquote, a combination between <laughs> Linda Hamilton in the first Terminator movie yeah, and Linda Hamilton in the second Terminator movie and John Connor in the second Terminator movie. She talked like a little kid yeah. so fucking much when it was convenient and then tried to be prolific when it was convenient. It wasn't it wasn't a mishmash. It was it was just take take all these 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 characteristics of three characters and smash them together with this awful dialogue <laughs> and try to make it work. And she was probably like, um, oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I and I the thing is I think that all those that character, Sarah Connor, in this film is supposed to be a mismatch of all those people. It's awful. But it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, and, and then again, if you think about Linda Hamilton's transformation from from Terminator 1 to Terminator 2, in Terminator 2, she is a Terminator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she plays a Terminator, mm-hmm. and, and then she has to regain her humanity, mm-hmm. and it is... It is a fantastic performance. Yeah, you don't a, you don't particularly like Sarah Connor uh, in the film. She's kind of nuts until but, the very end, kind yeah. of. And, and and you know what? I think it's kind of important in Terminator Two that you don't you're, you're not. I don't think you're supposed to like her. Yeah. I think you're supposed to realize that she serves a purpose, and it sucks that she's had to give up so much to serve that purpose. But you know, and and, and it feels like in this film they're kind of trying to do some reverse feminism with Sarah Connor. Yeah. Like she is now the savior where she once was. Sure. This was done in Terminator 2, you know, 20, uh, you know, more than 20 Mm -hmm. years ago and done bitter. Yeah. 
done so much better. Yeah. You know, like everything here feels like, oh, this is an idea. Let's plug in some lines that will make that idea work. You know? Well, yeah, but they're the awful lines. Yeah, they're awful lines. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just doesn't work. There was a scene, I think it was the scene where they were like ch- getting naked, getting ready to go in the time machine again. Uh, it, it has no weight to and, it. And I was just like, they're they're talking, and I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, think, of, think about the scene in Terminator 1 when they're holed up in a hotel room. And she has to like tend to his wounds. Actually, do you know what though? That scene, I just rewatched Terminator yeah. One. That scene is kind of laughable today. It's, it's it, no, a, it is. It is. It really is. Like it's not as laughable as that. But you go back and you look at that scene, and all of a sudden she's like super moony eyed and like I care so deeply for you out of nowhere. Right, right. It might have dated from nine. Was it nineteen eighty six? Something like that. Seven with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still like the intention of that scene. Carries way more weight. And I will say like, that- like, the, like, in here, it feels like teen idol yeah, version yeah. of and like- they have no chemistry together in this film. Yeah. And, and, and Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor in Terminator 1 had chemistry. Yeah. I don't think the moment that they had in the hotel room was earned as, mm. as, as well as everything was earned in Terminator 2. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. This film, back to Genesis, is just- uh, Fuck, man. And this is- Maybe mm. you can enlighten me on this, Shahir, because- So this film- mm. <laughs> uh, First of all, how, do you know how much it costs to make 150? You said I, I think it was in the vicinity of 100. I can okay. As so we talk, huge out. budget, right? Yeah. So many visual effects, mm-hmm. so much just action and whatever. And I do have to say, the visual effects in this movie were phenomenal. I, yeah. I, no, no, no. I, I, and here's why: everything to me felt like it had weight. Sure. And <laughs> and I'm sorry. In every film, even this summer, and, and you're going to crucify me for this. Mad Max, well, had a great, the best art style I've seen in this film, and the special effects were phenomenal. Yeah. This movie, in its own style, again, I don't think the style is better than Mad Max. I'm saying the VFX done in this movie overall, I feel are better. Like from a purely technical aspect of it. Putting that helicopter scene? Which way? Uh, you know what? It's funny. Yeah. I went to the bathroom during that helicopter scene, so maybe that's fucked up. <laughs> that helicopter scene is- Was it is, bad? It's, it's, a, it's one of those things where like defying physics. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What I'm saying is, but like every robot, I guess what I'm talking about is sort of robots fighting and yeah. all that stuff. Like it felt to me like, wow, this is in the world. Everything felt weighty. Transformers films haven't been able to do it. I think Terminator Salvation was surprisingly good in terms of yeah, the Yeah, no, that's true, too. You yeah. know what the only other film I've seen where robots are portrayed with some sort of weight is actually Real Steel. Right, yeah, I know you love that movie. Uh, and so, like, I don't know, when, whenever VFX feel like they're really in the world to me, mm. that buys you so much cred with me. Yeah. Uh, but, but going back to, so this is what I want you to sort of clear up for me, because, you know, mm. you're a filmmaker as well. How is it? That $150 million of pure VFX muscle and splendor. And and you have to say, someone loves this franchise. Someone yeah. does in this process. A lot, of people, A lot yeah. of people in this process of making this film must love it. How can the fucking script, the first thing that is done, get so, just be, be like, yep, this is it. How can that be so fucked up when it's the fucking skeleton to this giant monolith of cash? Like what? That's the easiest part to fix. Give that fucking script to a script to a filmmaker or writer that writes well for two weeks. Wait two more fucking weeks for them to clean that shit. Same story, same points, same everything. Give it to a fucking writer. Like, why can't they do that? That's what makes me angry about this film is you change the dialogue. Yeah. You have a fantastic film. Yeah. You need you need a real filmmaker at the at the why helm. why you need a writer yeah or maybe you know what maybe you're right maybe the script who the fuck knows maybe the original script was brilliant yeah I and, mean I think the idea is great 
Oh, yeah. oh, it just, but, that's what gets me. You know how you said you were sad? That's what makes me sad about this is that one step that is, I'm not saying good writing is easy. I'm saying in the grand scheme of the collaborative process, mm. that's easy to do in the beginning and yeah. then make everything else around it. it. Look, as a filmmaker, it is hard to do. And it's hard, you know, like there's a lot, I can imagine even James Cameron had a lot of pressure to like meet a deadline, to sure. serve studio yep. notes, you know, to, to kind of, and, and maybe the thing is, is that his particular talent is that he's good at like working under that pressure yeah. and coming up with great stuff. Yeah. Whereas this feel this feels a little bit like there's a lot of studio pressure to get this film made. Yep. I know there's a timeline on how when they can make these films mm-hmm. because the rights revert back to James Cameron. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, so, that's interesting. So there there's a timeline pressure. Do you think of, he'll do another Terminator? Movie? I don't think he I don't will. think he will. No, either. he's 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 in Avatar Land now. Oh, um, oh. yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but but so you know, it feels like bowing to that kind of pressure and and uh you know like a hundred you know these movies have to come out really quickly now and i remember reading an article a, w- a while back about uh, vfx companies complaining that and they called it the war of the worlds effect mm-hmm. uh, because war of the worlds uh had amazing visual effects and they were done so quickly mm-hmm. um under such a tight timeline and and what every studio that worked on war uh, every vfx house that worked on war of the world said well the difference there is steven spielberg knows what he's doing and well, interesting and and knows how to use a visual effect so the reason the visual effects in that film work is that they use sparsely and well whereas now and there's a there's a really interesting uh video that came out on vimeo it's called the witter effect now if you don't know oh, i watched that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. where we talked about the hulk it talked about the distinction between visual effects as they were emerging. So, for example, the T-1000 to where it is now. And the really good example is we in this film, we realize John Connor is a Terminator, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a, is a new breed of Terminator. And mm-hmm. every Terminator film since T-2 has been like, let's introduce a new breed of Terminator. Yeah, which is neat. You know, the Terminatrix or, yeah. uh, you know, the there was a hybrid. She in Terminator. grew her boobs. <laughs> there, was a, there was a hybrid in Terminator Salvation. Um, the when when. There's no magic to John Connor's Terminator where, you know, like there's no like, oh my God, that I've never seen that before. It's kind of like- Right, you've seen it in something else before. Like I I liked it. I liked the sort of nano magnetic sort of Mm -hmm. being. Like magnetism was kind of his thing. It was Mm -hmm. all a bunch of tiny little parts. Like I like that. Yeah. And it's it's a natural progression from liquid metal. But were you in awe when you saw it? I was in awe when they did clever things with it. For instance, I thought the MRI scene when they trap him in an MRI was really smart and good. Like, I thought that moment, because they were in a hospital and you were working with what they got, Mm. like, I think that moment was great and it helped pay off sort of, and pay off is a loose word, but helped sort of explain the end of sort of why things happen. Uh, with with physically with that Terminator and how he but, interacts but, with things. So here's the th- you know just from a writing point of view, and and you can go in any direction with this. Mm-hmm. That happens right the second we find out that he's a robot, right? Like the the, the, yeah. the very first yeah. second. So it's like he's a robot in a hospital who happens to be next to an MRI, a magnetic resonance imaging system. Well, I'm trying to remember, they, they find out about it in the parking lot, and I don't remember how they got back into the hospital. I think it happened right in the hospital. And, and what I'm saying is, like, think about that, you know, so they're like, oh, we found his, you know, they find his weakness right away. Whereas think about in Terminator um, 2, again, I'm going to hacking back to that, he's a liquid metal thing, and it's only through 
this liquid nitrogen thing that happens at the end that they start to figure out some of his some of his weaknesses and it comes right at the end of the film after they've tried a bunch of things with him i will say this and please correct the liquid me nitrogen wrong. is a little bit convenient well, it's, but no no it's also convenient and them crashing into a steel mill off the highway is a little convenient and mm. and that they had this is what i like about terminator 2's ending while everything is convenient they still went into the entire plan that they had not knowing how to deal with the yeah. T one thousand. Yes, he sees them blow him up when he's frozen. Yeah, they don't know he's gonna come back, but he does. Okay, yeah. great. That's another cool like aha monsters back. Yeah. Like I like that. That's yeah. good. Then uh, there's the the moment like here's the thing. They don't really know if steel liquid steel is going to kill him. Hell, they don't <laughs> really know he's going to fall into the liquid steel until the last moment. Yeah. They just get lucky they get and lucky. liquid steel kills him. I just the way that that the the film sits up the parameters of what the T-1000 is and what he can and can't do over time, like really helps us when we get to that scene because mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, there's liquid nitrogen here. I bet you that'll freeze him. And then when well, he shoots him- But they never set up anything with liquid n- nitrogen. No, 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 no. I'm saying when him. for the audience, when like liquid, liquid nitrogen falls, you're like, oh, that might do something to him. You know, like I that's the, the I it, think... it got my brain thinking that way because I'd been set up to what the Terminator was, or what the T-1000 was. When you get to, like, as soon, what I'm saying is right. in terms of the writing here, we see this guy for the first time and all of a sudden we know his weak point is magnets because he's in a, he's in an MRI room that they right. like turn on. And it's like, it just doesn't have that kind of like me thinking through the problem and like going, oh, yeah, this I would work. say, honestly, though, I, w- I, I bet you we could time this, too. I would mm. say that the moment mm. between sort of because, again, you don't really know, like, the, I don't even remember when you see that this tanker says liquid nitrogen. I don't think you see it until it actually starts cracking. I think yeah. you just see they're in a tanker truck. And then it crashes and you see liquid fall out and you're like, what the hell? And you see no, it splash. It, it actually sit up. It sit up earlier. Like, like you see him. You see the liquid nitrogen tank. Because uh, I've I've looked at this film from a writing yeah. point of view. The liquid nitrogen tanks, they pass it on the highway. Then the driver stops and gets shot by the T-1000 and taken over. And then he drives it along. So it's not like it just comes out of nowhere. Sure, 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 sure. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm yeah. saying, but like liquid nitrogen, then it crashes. You don't know yeah. what's going to happen with it. Yeah. You don't. No, you don't. And, and it could have gone in any direction. I'm saying the time between when the, the stuff hits the T-1000, you start sort of seeing him, what it does to him. Yeah. And the time where you find out John Connor's a Terminator and then you see the, the yeah. MRI thing. And it, again, Terminator Two does it better, but I bet you the timing is pretty similar. I just I feel like the 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 amount of time that the film sits up the rules and parameters of the T one thousand to get us to the liquid nitrogen scene is bitter. Okay, than, sure, yeah, sure. Uh, we're running out of time here, so let's just uh, kind of go through a little bit more of the things we thought here. Um, so I guess we kind of covered why we think the movie exists. You say it exists. I mean, basically as a cash grab. I f- well, no, and I think you made a really good point about this story idea, which is that I'm not giving the story idea enough credit. Yeah. I think it is, it's a very clever take, but it's not executed very well. Oh, it's executed it, very poorly. And, and it doesn't follow through. Like, it seems, you know, like, and then this idea that, you know, like later in the film, you realize that Skynet is now something akin to Google or Facebook, you know, it's and, like, and like that's a. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to argue with that. That's a natural progression. They they make one really interesting point that, again, because the film is not made greatly, yeah. sort of falls by the wayside. And that is that, like, in, back in the original timeline, people were very like, no, this is my life and no fate but what we make for ourselves. And I'm this important individual and blah, blah, blah. And now in our day and age with social media yeah. and networking and the cloud and like all this stupid shit, like we are, the film even says it like, 
you know, before we were fighting against this. Now everyone's just inviting it in. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it, that was a great moment for me. But again, it doesn't do enough with it. And it doesn't pay it off. So I feel like that's sort of, sort of stumbling or, or, or mm-hmm. falling into a great moment that it didn't mean to have. I, I think I think the idea is there, but it, it's just not executed well. Right. Uh I, I, I luck, lucked into a, a larger idea, I yeah. think. Uh, no, no, I, and I think, like, like I actually kind of like that idea. Yeah, like, no, I think it's, it's good. good. And I, like like you say, I like the time the timeline-shifting idea. Uh, something I disliked was the whole, like, oh, now Skynet is Doctor Who. Like, I'm not mm. the actor who plays Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and, and they only use him for, like, three seconds. And before in the marketing, they were super secretive about who this character was going to be. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you spoil the entire film, and this person who has maybe four minutes of screen time is your big, like, whoa. Like, and, and it's a reveal that they did in in Terminator Salvation as well. They gave Skynet a voice in uh, that film. Uh, just don't. <laughs> Skynet is so much scarier if it's not a voice. I, uh, I would have liked it if this film had gone Back to the Future Part 2 on us and had them revisiting the scenes from the first film. Right, which you know, it does in the first third of the movie. First third of the movie. And the first third of the movie, and it's funny, I watched Terminator 1 after I watched this. The first third of the movie, when Kyle Reese goes back and things haven't been sort of fucked up here, he doesn't quite know, yeah. it's ama- It's super fun. And yeah. even the, the scene where, oh, and I loved the scene where old Arnold fights, oh, newer, young, young Arnold fights old Arnold, let's say, from yeah. Terminator 1. That scene, whether or not, you, you know, it, whatever, how it gets there, like, mm. is pretty fucking cool. It's, and it did a lot. Um, it did a lot. Uh, I was very impressed with how real they got young Arnold, C- young CG Arnold yeah, to was, look. Yeah, there's the same. There's a slow mo shot of him sort of turning his head like he does in the first film, and it's pure CG. Yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not even sure how they did that. But and it's, it's impressive. like you see hair, and it's funny because I looked. I noticed one hair on CG Arnold like sticking out, and I was like, "Why did they sort of do?" It looked natural, but I was like, "That's a weird choice." Yeah. And then I looked at Terminator One shot, and it's the same. It's the same. Like they had someone just studying and tracing that. Like it was amazing. It makes you go, "Well, maybe there's a future for Arnold as Terminator." Arnold, <laughs> when the second that we can break the uncanny valley and we will make photorealistic films, if that was a CG shot. They kind of broke the uncanny valley. Yeah, for but me. they can't like they can't keep doing it. Like mm. it's easy for Arnold because he's not emoting. Yeah. Like the second you do smiles, the curves of the mouth are what really break people from. Because like, yeah. we can do eyes nearly perfectly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, I think I do think that stuff is kind of interesting, but again, it's not given the right. weight. I or do, the- I do like your idea of sort of uh, back in the futureing it and sort of like going in, but then there's like multiple versions. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, yeah, cause, look, this film jumps, so they go, okay, 1984. We do, they suddenly like do what they need to do in 1984, and they're like, let's go to 2017, and it's like. I think a more interesting film, and maybe I'm wrong about mm-hmm. this. There's two things that I think were more interesting. And maybe the Sarah, Chron- uh, Sarah Connor Chron- Chronicles did this, and I don't know. Uh, and there's a throwback to when they go to 2017 being thrown into a highway, naked, yeah. whatever. That happened in Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I really hope it was sort of like a a, uh, okay. a, a moment, like a throwback to it, because I really liked Sarah Connor Chronicles till the end. And I didn't. I, I didn't see the Sarah Connor Chronicle. It's Fair. really good. First Fair. season, watch it. Okay, but but I liked the idea that um, that Sarah Connor was raised by a Terminator. And it's I, awesome. Is that in the Sarah Connor Chronicle? Nope. See, now I kind of wish that they'd done that I film. I know, that'd be fun. You know, like, do like do that film. Um, I, I'm more interested in seeing, you know, it's kind of just alluded to, and I'm like, I don't care about this John Connor, Kyle Reese thing. I care. The, the film's, like, yeah. emotional punch yep. is is Sarah Connor and the Terminator. And Yeah, and, and something where it lets that emotional punch fall flat, I think, mm-hmm. in this film, is they... In a, in a, in a, and we'll get into this in a second, but in a ja, in a grasp to make this into a trilogy, they leave us with a couple in very important hanging questions. Yeah. One, 
why or who, who sent, sent the, Arnold the, back uh, to to uh, you know? Do, do you think the film sits? The, I mean, it basically asks that question, but, it but does it, no, no. They're leaving. They, it doesn't set no, but it does up. It, does it sit it up in a way that makes you go, "I really want to find that out." Yeah, because I was watching it and I was saying to myself, if they don't pay this off in this film, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Yeah. And they didn't, and I was pissed. Yeah. Like, I think that's very important. And there's another T-1000 that we never see in the backstory fighting whatever. And I, How, Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have a theory about it, and, and if they do this, I will be so fucking mad. Yeah. If they pull a goddamn Matrix and make it so Skynet fucking sends the Terminator back so it has to do this infinite loop of this is how the universe has to be and bullshit, 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 I will fucking flip my lid. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's, see, that's the problem with time travel stories, especially <laughs> ones that are so long, 25 years in the making, even when you reboot or sort of yeah. side boot as yeah. these sort of things are, yeah. you fuck up. Yeah. Like, time travel, because it's so theoretical, yes, you can do anything you want, but also, because you can do anything you want, <laughs> oh, God, it can get really fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's just talking about sequel building and all that crap. Like they have a mid credit scene, which means nothing. It just like the Skynet building got destroyed at the end. But then, oh my God, Sky this 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 movie ends on such a like who cares kind of note. If they just figured out a way to tell me who sent Arnold back. I would be like, great, they did it, yay! Like yeah. at the end of this film, but, like, but instead they're like, we've got to make a sequel. Well, you got to want to come back to see it, right? Right? Am I right? Yeah. You want to see more of this, right? No, I don't. That's my I, old and, uncle that, and, again. and that's where I will agree with you. I don't want to see more of this. I want to see more Arnold as a Terminator as we, when we can. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to see this. I don't want to see what happens next no, with, the, with I, these I particular care. characters. Um, again, I think maybe given a different director, um, Khaleesi Sarah Connor could be something special. I think Kyle Reese, the actor, again, I'm sorry, but he's fucking terrible and and the writing they need a new fucking writer like i whoever came up with the concept of this kudos because it's a fun concept it's just was it was it's, i can't even say it was delivered poorly it just the concept wasn't delivered it says look at this cool thing you're not gonna get it okay. and you're like ah fuck but it's right there can i just i can almost nope nope let's talk about bullshit timelines and try to get people naked in a room together and you're just like fuck oh yeah. let's it, it get really, young, young it, kyle reese and all god it feels like filmmaking by committee. I don't know what yes, the no, absolutely. I don't know that what is... the politics of it were, and and I'm and this is not to suggest that that Terminator Two was like an auteur, you know, driven thing. Who knows how how it no, all no, no. happened? Here's the thing, but I, but it, this does feel like filmmaking. By I committee. absolutely agree. I think the only way you make a film. <laughs> like Terminator 2 is by ha being such a strong presence and some people have said James Cameron James Cameron is an asshole. Yeah, I've heard that. But, uh, I don't know. but you yeah. when you have this power and this sort of just I, this is my fucking film you sons of bitches. <laughs> like you need that sort of love and sort of mama bear mentality to really make something so ridiculous as the Terminator mean something. Yeah. And this film does not have that. No one I mean the director the writer or whatever, it doesn't feel like any of them could claim ownership of this at all because you're right, filmmaking by committee. And I it think it just feels that way. And I think a lot of films get past that somehow, you know, like by through, you know, like a Charlie. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of films do. The reason Mad Max was so good was because it was his fucking movie. But, like, you know, but like he, he, George Miller invites a lot of collaborators who have a lot to take part in that. And Terminator 2, you gotta argue, Stan Winston is as big a collaborator in that film as James Cameron. I don't mean filmmaking, and I don't think you mean it as well, filmmaking by committee as in like, 
having a talented person ask his talented friends for their talented help. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. I'm talking about literally different offices in a building being like, well, maybe Kyle Reese should run into 11-year-old Kyle Reese. Yeah. And then everyone's like, really? And one guy's like, yeah, that's fucking awesome because I need to make a note. Like, that's what this feels like. Yeah. That's not the same thing. Like, there's- And, and I, I just don't want to suggest that that's necessarily what happened, but it certainly feels it that feels way. like it. There's because, a difference. Because there's, like, having, having been making stuff recently, yeah. I'm amazed that any film gets made. Of course. And, and, and uh, you know, bef- even though I criticize this film in particular, I am always in awe at, a, you know, a film of this scale and size and magnitude. Gets finished. Gets finished and looks like a cohesive, like a, right. like a film. I, I, you know, I, I should always make that clear. It's as very much, easy to sit here and sort of. In judgment, yeah. but it's like, it's amazing that these things even happen. But the reason <laughs> we can sit here in judgment is because people somehow, not <laughs> this film, but people managed to pull it off. Yeah. And that's why we can call And we should we, sh- we should champion sure. the films that pull it off and make something great. And Avengers! And, uh, I, I brought it in. Uh, <laughs> On the only podcast about Terminator Genesis, I brought the Avengers in at a good moment. And with that, we're basically out of time. So let's let's just say this. Uh final thoughts. Should should people see Terminator Genesis in your opinion? Nope, go see Inside Isle. Okay, I say, I, I feel like this is so pointless because we're all going to do it. I say, if you like Arnold and you want more of it and you want that sort of nostalgia feel from him, see it. If you don't care about Terminator, if you don't care about the Terminator series at all, don't see this movie. Well, I think I, I will disagree because I like Arnold and I like the Terminator and I care about the Terminator franchise. And I still say, do not see this Here's film. the difference. I don't care about the Terminator franchise. I care about Arnold's Terminator. And and and, and, and I say, because... Because you care about Arnold's Terminator, you should not see this film. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think if you like and, and want to see more and care about Arnold's Terminator, you go see this movie because you're not going to have Arnold around as nothing. Could it have been better? Of course it could be better. We've determined that. But let's, that's it. So Shahir says don't see it. I see it if you don't. Uh, if if you if you lo- if you if you like the Terminator the Arnold's Terminator, not the Terminator franchise, it's very and, confusing. And also, you, you you need to add the caveat in there. Go see it, but be aware it's a bad movie. That's what oh, you're saying. Yeah. That's what you're saying, right? Go, it's a great story with fucking dirt as fuck writing. So, so you're so, saying go see a bad movie. No, I'm saying go <laughs> see an okay movie. I'm saying I'm saying go see an okay movie. If you if you know if you love Arnold's Terminator and you're okay with seeing okay movies, go see this movie. And that's a lot of caveats, which means <laughs> that you might not want to see this movie. I get that. But I don't I don't think it's fair to say especially when a film like this can bring up so much discussion because of all of the things we've discussed that people should not see this movie. I'm saying if you want to vote with your money, don't see this movie. If you have an extra 10 bucks or whatever, wherever you are, and it's it's a fucking Wednesday matinee and you got an afternoon to kill, who gives a shit? Like that that's what I'm saying. I I and I and I think and I agree with you and I think that the conversation we've had is because you and I are passionate about film, right. not passionate about this movie. Exactly. I think the conversation we could have about Inside Out could be very maybe one day, yeah. maybe one day, but it will not be this day. <laughs> uh, Shahir, let's let's end this up. Where can people find you? Uh, go to my website www.shahirdaud.com, which is S H A H I R D A U D. All right, and people can find me at MatthewKroll.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com to find all of my works and things. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z, and at Twitter at Emperor MSK. We also have a Twitter on this on this beast called Only Movie, at, oh, sorry, at Only Movie Pod, and a Facebook, the only podcast about movies, uh, where you can reach us as well. We're going to try to get back into a more reg- regular schedule now that our, our, our stuff has sort of leveled out. Uh, there will be those weeks where we might not make it, but at the same time, 
time, maybe we'll do two sometime. So it'll sort of even itself out. Uh, also, make sure to uh, email us at uh, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com for the, your two free movie tickets. They're waiting for you. Two free tickets. They're, they're just literally there for you to do nothing except send us a small audio review after you see what you see a movie. But go see a movie. Take a girl you li- or a boy. You Whatever. like those things. Yeah. Come on. Anyway, uh, this has been the only podcast about Terminator Genesis. Nobody else saw it. No one else saw it. And, you know. I mean, and, I, and I'm glad. And I'm glad for them. I'm glad nobody else saw it. I can't say I'm, <laughs> I can't say I'm not glad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's. Are we, are we sad? Are we crying? Are you crying? Are you I, are you melting? And is your thumb up? And and you're crying. Dun, 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 dun. I know now why you cry. Dun, 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 dun. And it's because James Cameron did not direct this film. I order you not to go. <laughs>